0: Possible. That is a first world problem. We can't be vacationed out.
1: I, I don't know. Three vacations in a matter of two months might just have vacationed me out.
0: Okay, I will let you be vacationed out if I can be conventioned out. Because in that same amount of time, I've been to... Three different conventions?
1: Which three conventions have you been to?
0: Well, we went to DragonCon, which is both of us, vacation and a convention. Mm
1: -hmm. Then
0: I went to my Catholic Women's Retreat convention. Then I went to my uh, diocesan-wide teacher convention. So if you are allowed to be vacationed out, I'm allowed to be conventioned out.
1: All right, well, if you're allowed to be conventioned out, then I'm allowed to be summered out.
0: Now, that is a terrible thing to say
1: i don't i don't want like summer to be over i just want the heat to be over
0: aaron doesn't like the heat
1: no i mean it sunburned me
0: (laughs) he burns and he melts like the wicked witch out in the sun i'm
1: melting
0: melting and yet all three of your vacations were to hot places known for their hotness
1: known for the hotness hi I'm the hotness.
0: (laughs) Well, if you're allowed to be summered out, then I'm allowed to be cluttered out because we finally, after a month of conventions, finally got rid of all of the suitcases and bags and boxes that had started taking over our room and I'm just done with clutter. I'm done with it. I'm cluttered out.
1: All right. Well, if you're allowed to be cluttered out, then I'm allowed to be... Aaron and you're Elizabeth, and, and we're, we're married, married to the, the idea. idea. It kind of worked.
0: That was a, I'd give that a 9.8
1: dismount. Oh, I'd, I'd, I'd give it like a 6.2. <laughs> Clumsy, but it still worked. Well, uh, welcome to kind of a unique-ish episode. Not all our episodes are unique, but...
0: Well, it's time to talk about the worst movie ever.
1: According to some critics.
0: According to some critics, this is... The worst movie ever.
1: Of 1989.
0: <laughs> Worse than Transformers.
1: Worse than The Room.
0: God, were they just all high? Like, I tried
1: not to- <laughs> Maybe they were just, uh, the, the shoulder pads were weighing them down and it was giving them headaches.
0: I just don't recall and- Outrage Culture being a thing thing 30 years ago but maybe it was when you could look at a relatively innocent parody movie like UHF and say this this is the cause of all evil
1: well at one point in time around this time they said that the downfall of American society can be attributed to the Simpsons shush yeah George Bush or George Herbert Walker Bush said, "We need to have less Simpsons and more Waltons."
0: Well, the Waltons are very wholesome, but I think the ability to laugh at oneself is a really important thing to have. It it makes for great introspection. If you can't laugh at yourself or you can't find humor in the things around you, even in their absurdity or their problems, then I don't think you'll ever see any change. The Waltons lived in a perfect world where they were always nice to each other and there was never any bad things except something that could be resolved in thirty minutes or less.
1: The Simpsons do that too, but they just did it with more attitude.
0: We're living in a Simpsons world. We could strive to be in a Walton world, but we live in a Simpsons world. <laughs> I'm just living in a Simpsons world. I, don't. I do remember there was a lot of moral outrage and panic. So maybe there wasn't maybe it's not like it is today where you say one wrong thing and the entire internet glomps down on you, but more that we see all these subversive takes on culture around us. This is why the economy is crumbling.
1: Or uh, this is why YouTube is awful, Logan Paul.
0: Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of awful things in our world that we are still, that are not being blamed. I think I honestly, it's really hard to, from, I'm from the outside of this, but I don't think Twitter is a very good thing it, i don't i think it's more con than pro at this particular point in time
1: at this point in time it is but it it's like facebook it, if you use it right it's okay but most of the time you don't but i have to kind of go back to the the very small point that i had made just a second ago uh so you remember how one of the brothers at this point they're kind of uh amorphous so you can't really tell the difference between the two remember how one of the brothers filmed the suicide forest and did it so he could get views and then finally got in trouble for it
0: we're talking about logan paul right now right yeah
1: there's there's logan paul and jake paul right when they were on vine they were pretty harmless but since the downfall of vine they've gotten like rambunctious and actually kind of I don't want to say evil in the sense of like, (laughs) more like they care more about money than they do about their viewers because one of them is like, does like a quote unquote kid show that outright shows advertisements to kids. But
0: it's more the passive evil of corporate marketing. If you want to market yourself like Wendy's or Arby's where you tongue in cheek it and you pretend to be a person, I mean, that's fine. It's relatively harmless. But when you want to, turn other people into your followers subconsciously or even very consciously at, at risk to their own health I don't think that or, or money or well-being I don't think that's acceptable anymore
1: well the reason I, bring, I brought him up in the first place or one of them up in the first place is because they literally made a movie and it looks terrible <sighs> Please it,
0: don't make us go watch it.
1: I, I don't know. It may not be worth even the watch because I don't want, really want to support them at That's all. That's what
0: I've been saying. Like, I know we had to go see Lion King because we had to go see Lion King. But I'm really, it's how, it's how we speak to them. They only understand in money. If we go and spend our money to go see a movie, we are tacitly saying more of this, please.
1: It's also, it's not like Surfer or Nessie or something like that where it's so bad it's good. And it's not a passion project. It just looks terrible.
0: Designed to separate seven-year-olds from their money. Oh,
1: no. It looks like it's designed to make like 15 to 25-year-olds separate from their money.
0: Oh, there is a movie I do want to watch, and I'm going to say it now so we don't forget it. It's the one that Annie Sandberg did that was like a parody of the Justin Bieber story. Oh, uh,
1: never st- uh, Pop Star Never stop Stopping.
0: Yes, yes. I really want to watch that now because having watched UHF, I've gotten right back into my parody swing. I love the parody movie. When it's done correctly, Mel Brooks films are some of my favorite films. I've
1: heard that it's actually... Like, it wasn't, it was weird because it wasn't, like, overly well-received, but I've heard people watching and said it was hilarious.
0: Oh, the... Pop star. Yeah, so I'm saying, like, it sounds, again, perhaps much like this movie, not critically well-received, but actually fine. Yeah. and you know, Aaron, you're kind of the one who brought me into that. You were the one who first showed me Airplane. I would only ever heard of it. I hadn't seen Airplane or Hot Shots or I'm Top sorry, Secret. Everybody. Or <laughs> I hadn't seen anything. I, the only thing I had seen was Monty Python and the Holy Grail, and that is not parody. They did do other movies that are more parodic, but that is not now. It, now is it? It has
1: parody elements but i wouldn't call it a parody
0: i think parody in my mind is linked to farce it has to be so over the top nonsensical as to invite parody not just like comedy not just a funny joke or a pratfall or slapstick like when you are taking something and blowing it up to monumental proportions. And I, so I don't think like when you're
1: lampooning it.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And like, maybe like the witch burning scene, like that's lamp, that's that's a parody.
1: It's a parody of the Dark Ages. Yeah, exactly. It's not, it's not lampooning Which a is, specific movie or genre. Yeah, or it's not a disaster
0: like film or a romance film. Now that's an interesting. We hadn't even talked about that. How we are actually we're not supposed to be talking about any of these. We're supposed no. to be talking about UHF. Recenter. Yeah,
1: yeah, we're 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 kind of discussing parody films as a whole, but using UHF as kind of a a lightning rod, if you will, because I feel like UHF became a lightning rod without even realizing it. So, for those of you not in the know... Like UH, me. UHF was a movie uh, done by Weird Al and his music manager slash manager slash best friend, Jay Levy. And they shot this screenplay around, and he said it's a mix between, like, three different movies, and honestly, none of these three movies... Describe what this movie was. It's not. And they finally... They got it made by uh, Orion Pictures in 1989. And it was released to zero to little fanfare. Because it was the summer of 1989 which is also to refresh your memory the
0: last good summer before no and sorry i'm sorry it was the 2000s that were the terrible year go yeah, on yeah there
1: there were still some good years in the 90s i'm
0: talking about it. i had beauty and the beast in the 90s carry on what A was Jurassic the
1: drastic <laughs> park yeah. what was yeah, the summer was of
0: 1989
1: some... the summer of 1989 had huge films like lethal weapon 2 batman and Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade.
0: It was never going to win, guys.
1: <laughs> yeah, that those are some heavy weights. I mean, you haven't even seen any of the Lethal Weapon movies, which we're hoping to do later on in a epi- later episode. But that's some, that is some heavy lifting. And this movie, which, by the way, did not get much promotions at all because Orion was failing at this point. It it tried it failed and i and i feel bad because there's no reason that this movie should have failed besides that it had to compete with these other movies this movie is not bad
0: yeah much like you not wanting to support logan paul i think the lethal weapon movies got ruined from before i ever watched them because i don't want the idea that somewhere mel gibson is smiling because i watched his film
1: mel gibson is never smiling mel gibson is one of those ones he'll put on a face because he's a halfway decent actor but inside he's just a terrible terrible person but if you could put that aside, because <laughs> Danny Glover is actually a fun person to watch. Yeah. And also Joe Pesci. Weirdly enough, Joe Pesci is a pretty good guy in real life. I didn't, and know, he's,
0: I didn't know Joe Pesci was in the movie.
1: He's either in two, three, and four, or he's in three and four. <laughs> but Joe Pesci is a, is a character in a few of the movies. But... Again, we're that's that's a later episode. We're talking about UHF right now.
0: So, I didn't know that UHF meant uh, a, a type of TV station. I thought it was... I kept thinking some sort of worldwide wrestling sort of <laughs> thing.
1: Representing the UHF! Yeah, that's, what <laughs>
0: that's what I thought it was. So, I had no idea. I'm glad they explained it in the movie. And they didn't, like, talk down. They're just like, it's this little UHF station outside of town. I'm like, ah... Oh.
1: Uh, actually to kind of help explain to some other people again if you're if you don't know UHF is a type of way to broadcast but at this time cable was starting to make its big push and Weird Al didn't want to title the movie UHF he wanted to call it the vidiot (laughs) I don't know if that would have helped much at all but he definitely did not like the title so
0: I get heavy Wayne's world vibes off of this concept. The idea of a little broadcast network being done out of a garage having impact on the world around it. It's not it's not it's not totally like it. It's not like it's a rip off or anything. I just A similar theme, which I think is going to do with the time period that both those films were made in.
1: Yeah, like uh, little small local things pushing against the big business, big government kind of things.
0: Yeah, and that's why I think it kind of has relevance today. i would be interesting to see if those who watched it 30 years ago might watch it now and say, you know, the story is now a little bit more applicable because every story back in the 80s '90s was an underdog story about the little guy taking on the big guy. And this one... And in today's day and age, it's more and more like the little guy's like the only one we feel like we can trust. And even they're taking over, getting taken over by big guys. So it's a bit. Yeah. And again, it's very deep and heavy for what's essentially supposed to be a comedy.
1: This the, this, it, this, the entire movie is just about two guys who don't really, who can't really catch a break. Kind of catch a break when one of their uncles gets a television station in a poker game. Weird setup, but hey, it's a weird movie. And he becomes the station manager. So the two of them go and work at the station. And they basically, okay, well, we have a television station. We need original programming. So we're just going to do whatever we want. So, and that's what they do.
0: Weird Al plays the sort of Adam Sandler dreamer character. No one understands me, but just you wait. One day someone's going to appreciate my gift and I'm a man child and I am with women who are way out of my league and (laughs) we'll get to that in Feminism Corner. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard. We watched this and I said, it's hard to review a comedy because all you get to say is whether the joke flops or lands. And I think the more important thing about the movie overall is how everyone just thought it was the spawn of Satan. And it's just a movie, guys. Like, you were saying that one of the really big critics thought that it was just the worst thing he'd ever seen.
1: Yeah, I uh, going on to IMDb, which is kind of my holy grail, uh, looking at the metascore actually let me let me take a step back the imdb score is 7 out of 10 i think that's personally uh perfectly reasonable respectable respectable it's not the greatest movie of all time it's not the greatest parody of all time but it is very from what we just watched i would say that's i i might have given it a 7.5 or maybe an 8 it was but fun
0: it for what it's supposed to do it did the job well i laughed a lot
1: yeah i thought it was it was it wasn't like amazingly acted there was actually some really cool cinematography in it i don't know if you kind of noticed but there's some shots that happened i'm like that's a really cool shot like i noticed it while it was happening like hey good job you uh there was some experimentation there was experimentation kind of on every front and it paid off in a lot of different ways but what doesn't make sense to me is the meta score from the critics. It's a 30-fucking-2. Like, that does not make sense to me. That's a very low score. Even the the highest score is a 75, which, again, I can understand, from a critic named Rick Groen, or Groan, And they say, The laughs keep rolling as Weird Al makes a movie. Overheard from a still-convulsing woman after a recent screening of Weird Al's uhf i'm sorry but that's funny i'm sorry but she's right yucks you feel obliged to apologize for are yucks nonetheless and uhf prompts a lot of apologies it's like he's still saying it's a funny movie but it's one that you're gonna have to apologize for
0: there were a few goofs that just were like ah well okay
1: like like what i mean i don't
0: uh, like, uh, the very extended Rambo sequence at the end was a little... I mean, it's funny, but it's expected, perhaps. I... Like, there was no way to keep, like, upping it. So, I think maybe...
1: I think they, they, they built to that... that final stage that they could have built to, could it have been trimmed down could it have been cut down yeah absolutely it didn't have to go on as long as it did in fact if they cut that down and done a different movie parody in the middle of it yeah i think that would have been fine
0: something like you have to subvert in a parody in a comedy you need to subvert expectations like so, the first one yeah the with extended indiana jones. indiana jones exactly they recreate it really faithfully and it starts really slow with the jokes they're all background noises and all of a sudden you hear a cow moo in the middle of the I jungle see, and a I didn't dog woof. yeah and i'm like okay i see where we're going with this it's kind of like when you watch airplane and if you're not listening really closely to the announcers as you're watching the cars pull up you may forget that may even not notice that whole gag about the white zone is for loading and now, running now
1: don't you start with that
0: yeah exactly so it's it's all about subversion and having multiple layers so the idea that he just Chucks the band of the bag of sand and just takes the idol. That the idol is an Oscar. Uh, that the rock it wasn't
1: an Oscar. Uh, apparently, uh, according to the IMDb trivia, it would they only allowed a certain amount of likeness. So instead of the Oscar being like his arms crossed his chest, it was ho- uh, covering his crotch. <laughs> I it would have been hilarious. If this movie was made nowadays, because uh, Weird Al has won so many Grammys, it'd have been hilarious if he swapped the, uh, the Oscar out with a Grammy. Yeah. <laughs> like, talk about subverting.
0: Yeah, it would have been fun. Like, he kind
1: of, like, weighs them, and he kind of looks at the Grammy, looks at the Oscar, and tosses the Grammy, and then pulls out the bag of sand or something like that.
0: The faithful recreation is what always makes a parody good. We talk about that with Mel Brooks a lot. When you faithfully recreate the world that the parody inhabits it becomes all the more better like frankenstein a uh, young
1: frankenstein yeah he,
0: he adapts the movie's aesthetic to his own and embraces it and allows it to fuel the comedy much like the very beginning sequence of this it's an indiana jones parody that's recreated really faithfully so then you start seeing more and more jokes pop up as you remember and see things it all starts to click for you
1: okay yeah i so to build on what you're saying Uh, It's almost like when you have find the three things wrong with this picture, you, you have what you're supposed to see so you can obviously tell what's wrong in the next picture. I see what you're saying, yeah.
0: It's like those split attention tests where they tell you how many times the people in the white shirts pass the ball and in the middle of it, a gorilla comes in the middle of the frame and beats its chest, but you never see it because you're always watching that. It's like knowing that there is a gorilla coming and then being like, ha, I saw it and no one else did. Again, subversion comedy, important filmmaker terms, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) I think where the movie kind of fails, honestly, is that these dream sequences are funny where they're specifically aping specific movies mm-hmm. that's good the amazing Trailers, commercials, and show material that they do for the station is great. Spatula City was awesome. What, uh What's in the box? Oh, uh, what was it? Graves? Nothing! Yeah. You're yeah. so stupid. Uh Graves Are Us. What was it? Mortuaries Are Us?
1: Uh Plots Are Us. Plots
0: Are Us. Come check out our brand new salad bar. <laughs>
1: Just I like morning people like eating salad. Like <laughs> these croutons are so fresh.
0: Like, I didn't think the opening stuff for Tropic Thunder, I didn't think that those parody movies were nearly that funny. Tropic Thunder was funny for a lot of reasons but I didn't think those parts were Which that is so humorous. Strange.
1: I, I keep forgetting that you've actually seen Tropic Thunder. I know, Thunder. right? It's
0: not like a movie I would see, is yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs>
1: and that you that you even liked it. Because again, I didn't think it would be a movie that you would like.
0: For me, it wasn't so much a laugh out loud funny movie. Like this one was, oh that was funny, laugh out loud funny movie. There was a bunch of jokes that landed really well for us and we couldn't contain ourselves. But, and oh. again Central Cinema, thank you Central Cinema, almost to had to throw us out again because we couldn't stop.
1: No, I don't... We were laughing as loud as the other people in that theater.
0: But I think where the movie fails, honestly, is that the overarching story of a guy just trying to make this job work... I like the idea that he's never succeeded at any one of his jobs because his imagination gets the better of him. But it also seems like his great ideas are only great when someone else is executing them. He has the idea for this kid show... The kids do not laugh with him. In his anger and frustration at the station going bankrupt, he and his girlfriend leaving him, he lets the janitor run the show and when he realizes, oh, this is working, comes back, he's like, Okay, now I have a bunch of ideas for all my other friends who can all make shows now because they're I know so many wild and kooky characters. It doesn't seem like his imagination really saves the station so much as he's open to all these colorful characters and people
1: but it was his idea to bring them into the station oh the completely first place, yeah so. i
0: just wish that it had he had more agency like he was allowed to be interesting in a way that all of his kooky characters are it feels like he's trying to play a straight man and i don't really want to go to a weird al movie to see him play the straight man
1: which is funny enough because weird al is kind of the straight man in his own jokes but at the same time, he isn't. It's it's a strange dynamic that he he plays around with in, in his music videos. Because a lot of times, he's the one that... He'll make the joke, but he's the one that's kind of identifying that the joke is even happening. And it works on a lot of different ways, too. And he
0: wrote most of the jokes. Like, he was the one who sh- made yeah, the he, script and shipped it around. He was the one who was writing this stuff. So I feel like he had the idea of, I want this one small news station, this one small TV station, to have a huge impact upon this community. And I even like how at the end it's that they're selling the shares to the radio station, they all band together to help, but they just felt like it needed to take one more step. Like if it had been something really truly that only he could bring and provide. And it's seen at the end when he gets the girl, again we'll talk about that, later, that In the end, what she wanted wasn't for him to stop dreaming, but just to include her. But that was not at all how she presented the argument at the beginning. It was, your dreaming has failed you out of every job you've ever tried.
1: Until this one. And you always
0: forgot me. It was the flubber problem. Rob Williams, he's such a sweet, nice guy, but he's just wrapped in his own little world and he forgets to go to his wedding three times in a row and walks out of the last one. And all these awful awful tropes about oh i support you darling it's okay you can still be your weird kooky random guy self i'll be there
1: (laughs) there's been a lot of people who've brought up the fact that like someone was talking about that flubber is not as good of a movie as you remember and i'm like "Ah!" oh Oh. you're right there's
0: a lot of it's a lot of stuff and then he eats a flubber and gets shot out his butt
1: yeah yeah
0: now, on the flip side, we are going to segue down to Feminism Corner. I'm sorry. We're going there right now. Um, on the ups, on the other side is Fran Drescher, who I adore. I, I know everyone's like, oh, her voice. Eh. No, I love her in The Nanny. I love her whenever I see her on screen. I think she she's so movie fun. Or a
1: TV show or something like that where she doesn't have – like, her voice – she doesn't rely on her voice as much. And in this – I would say this movie, she doesn't rely on that as much. Like, The Nanny, everyone obses- – there's a lot of people who are obsessed with The Nanny – I was never obsessed with the nanny, uh, and I was I always found the voice to be grating.
0: I just thought it was cool. But All the characters were fun, and the jokes actually seemed funny. It seemed like a different kind of sitcom to me. It wasn't Full House.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's neither was Will and Grace. But I mean, every sitcom has those tropes that they fall back on. And Fran Dresser was always like, like how annoying can she be? How how garish can her outfits be?
0: Yeah, at the very beginning, I was a little worried because she looks up. And she just, he's like, hi, I'm the new manager. And she looks up and she just vents her entire problem and her entire, pretty much her character motivation she lays out at his feet, saying, I've been here for two years, two years, and all I want to do is run the news. And he just looks at her like, and this is my partner, like, no, she has a problem. She has a complaint. Address it. Help her. But... In the end, she does get to be a news reporter, which is what she wanted to be. I I wouldn't
1: even say in the end. I would say, like, one of the very next scenes you see her in, she's the newscast, the the anchor, the news person. Yeah,
0: that's what she wanted to do. And so he let her do it. But it would have been nice with their first interaction. He seems very, like, put upon when he meets the janitor and he, like, takes you know, like, I'm sorry, here, you can come work with me. But he's like, oh, but you are really super annoying. Same thing with her. It feels like everyone he surrounds himself with, he's like, I'm going to help you because I'm the nice guy and that's what I should do. But he never really seems to be entirely comfortable with any of them.
1: That's true. I'd say Bob and his best friend and Terry his girlfriend are the only two that he feels comfortable with but that's because they're quote-unquote not wacky
0: yeah we a wacky guy that's what i want to see him do i want to see him jive really well with these characters because he's wacky like they are and their imagination and his imagination is what's bringing this station back to life
1: and i don't but i don't want it to go too far the other direction because i've seen these characters you can almost say like the bridge to terabithia girl or the uh there's there's a bunch of these characters that have come out in the last say you know 20 some odd years they're like oh you just don't understand because you're too normal because when you're weird and you're out there you just you get it man and it's when you go too far the other direction that's where you have a problem too and
0: maybe it's that he was the only like he wasn't the only normal in a sea of weird he was the only normal person in a sea of over actors like airplane then maybe that would be like okay i see it now even
1: even then he was he still had his own things that he was he still had his own idiosyncrasies that he had but weird out yeah weird out wasn't the only quote-unquote normie but he wasn't normal because he had his own things that he would do he ate a freaking hot dog on a twinkie With cheese Whiz. Yeah. My stomach's turning just thinking about it.
0: Oh, yeah. That was nauseating. And then you dipped it in milk.
1: No. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was coffee. (laughs) That's worse.
0: (laughs) I really, gosh, I feel, now I feel bad for just tearing, like, dissecting into this movie. Because at the surface of it, it's supposed to be funny. And it was funny. It was really funny. There were a couple jokes. All the body parts sticking out of the graves. That was great. <laughs>
1: that was hilarious.
0: It's subpar graveside service got you down. Have we got a solution for you? And then... Um,
1: Millie, where did you get that spatula? Yes. Oh,
0: wink. There's no better way to say I love you than with a spatula. Come on, kids. Let's go to Spatula City. Spatula City. Uh, The best joke... Of the entire thing. Oh my
1: god. The
0: evil, the evil big news guy and his sycophantic son, which was great, that guy did a fantastic job. They're sitting in the office, he's like, This little station is taking us down. What would Senior, and he points to the picture of the man on the wall, what would Fletcher Senior say if he was alive today? And his son just leans over to his friends and is like, Help me, I'm trying to box Let me out. Oh, I can't breathe.
1: Oh. <laughs> It's, like, like so kind of, like, under his breath and, like, kind of in the foreground. You just kind of, like, you don't even realize it. It's fucking hilarious. It's such a
0: good joke. Help me. I'm trapped in a box. I can't breathe. Uh, Anytime a commercial came on for this Wacky World or a TV show that they were putting on, it was all cooky and random and super fun and it reminds i really appreciate the early it. days
1: of like robot chicken or um like mad tv uh, and i'm not i'm not talking about the original mad tv the sketch show i'm talking about the mad tv that they did for cartoon network they it was all animation they didn't do any live action stuff and they would have like little random things kind of like the the magazine would they would still do parodies and the parodies were fine but they would do these like little random things like Like, two guys talking uh, at a baseball mound. They're like, well, what do you think? I don't know, man. You've been trying uh, fastballs all day. And then all of a sudden, a guy comes in uh, from the outfield and goes, you know, unicorns are my favorite. And he runs back out. And the other guy goes, huh. Well, that came out of left field. (laughs) And then it just ends. It's like Superman. Uh, it, it It just ends like that. Like, that little quick random stuff. When it's done right, it's fucking hilarious.
0: Oh, uh, the mad scientist who lives in the station. And that that was the most delicious scene I've ever seen. He's the big bad newscaster gets on air to say, there's a station in this town that's causing a real panic and it's my moral responsibility to tell you what's going on. And you just see him flipping a few switches and the tower lights going bright. And all of a sudden it cuts in the middle of his talk to hidden camera footage of him just trashing this town that he lives in and he just leans back and holds a beaker of popcorn and starts eating it and it's so deliciously amazing that's the thing is
1: it's it's the weirdest mix of jokes not really landing and jokes landing super hard so and I don't. I don't agree with the critics who are like completely bash this because there are some things that really, really, really land.
0: Well, let's talk about why they may have thought that way after we do our sponsor dome. Right.
1: Uh, yes, it is time for the sponsor dome. So this week's sponsors, uh, of course, our reigning champion is Audible, and our challenger this week we are gonna let uh, good old. Uh, Central Cinema, take the challenger spot.
0: Central Uh, Cinema is this cool little one-screen theater in our town that just opened a couple of years ago, if not just one. It's very new, but it's so very cool. It's exactly what keeps Knoxville scruffy, I think. (laughs) The idea that they can show things like UHF and The Land Before Time and Surfer Teen Confronts Fear and old music videos that they dug out of the film archives from 1980s knoxville
1: or like uh like even more indie stuff like like because we have a more indie theater but even they still have to play a little bit more mainstream indie which is an oxymoron that i can't believe is now a thing (laughs) but like they'll play movies that don't get a wide release like surfer teen confronts fear which we talked about Uh, they played that movie we were or sorry not we central cinema was one of the few theaters outside of california to play this this movie period
0: yeah they're really great about sussing out what the community would be interested in seeing and then showing us things that we had no idea we wanted to see this
1: movie villains i have heard of it i didn't know what it was about it looks kind of funny the the main guy or sorry there's there's the two guys the the younger guy that's pennywise in the new movies yeah let
0: was doing the scars guards
1: yeah he's yeah he's uh bill scars
0: I and think. they just showed this trailer for this really creepy looking Stepford Wives black mirror movie, Holy which crap. looks great. It's just like the woman's holding a baby. She's like, oh, I love your baby. Do you want it? Yeah, sure. Okay, here. Here. Two months later, can I have my baby back? No. I no, can't that, believe the, you asked me that. I can't believe. And then there's stuffing like beach balls under their dresses to appear pregnant. And the kid gets turned into a dog and it's totally fine. And it's all painted in pastels and bright colors. And I'm like, this is probably uh, going to scare me too much to actually watch it. But I want to watch it.
1: It's like cr- unsettling, like down to your very core. It's and so odd, odd. But like, well done, you know. So,
0: yeah. And then they do fun theme months Like, they do all the monster movies and stuff for Halloween. Oh, yeah,
1: they're they're, uh, ramping up for Halloween and horror and everything.
0: Yeah, so we just really enjoy Central Cinema, even when we're so bad that they are afraid to kick us out because we're so loud. They are a really cool independently owned theater, and if you want to just go see a random movie that you haven't seen before, they're the place to go check it out.
1: Tickets are usually really, really cheap. It's all comparable to to
0: any other theater you're going to.
1: They have popcorn, they have uh, beer, they have uh, sodas and stuff like that.
0: And if you want to, you can become a member they have yearly memberships where you can then get discounts on tickets and concessions and fun swag they make these cool t-shirts and stickers and and they uh, sell old vhs's of disney movies and first-run posters it's all very very cool and for a one screen theater i think they do a really fabulous job
1: also if you become a member they have members only screenings too and like they'll do like surprise screenings or um uh uh, mystery screenings so you don't know what the hell you're going into but you're gonna go watch something so Uh,
0: if they are listening i would like to suggest a couples or family membership plan as i would with all things because it's really hard to pay for two of something when you're paying for both of those things
1: and um but if you if they are listening uh thank you guys so much for even existing uh we've watched a few movies uh but like we got to watch uh, a goofy movie, and actually that's one of my favorite movies of all time. And it's the only time I've got to see it in theater. I sang every song, and I enjoyed the ever-loving crap out of it. So we, and I got to take my dad to the Looney Tunes thing, which he enjoyed. Uh, so we, we really appreciate you, Central Cinema. So thank you for being our challenger this week. But our reigning champ, of course, is Audible. Entering
0: uh, in with its plus one warhammer.
1: <laughs> uh, I have a knife that's plus one against uh, cinemas. <laughs> All right, roll for dexterity. Uh, Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30 day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com married to the idea and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to trial.com slash married to the idea to get started today. Remember that is T-O, not the number two. Why Audible? Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. So today's recommendation for Audible is actually not a book. Uh, while there are books about Weird Al or from Weird Al, as he wrote a couple kids' books. Uh, we are actually going to recommend uh, something different this time. We are going to recommend the Audible original show, Hold On, by with Eugene Merman. Now, if you've not heard of Eugene Merman, he's actually a stand-up comedian, but for most of you, you probably will know his voice as Gene Belcher from Bob's Burgers. Uh, I have heard of some of uh, Eugene's stand-up, and he's hilarious. I have to admit, though, the voice of Tina is hilarious. Fucking hilarious! Like Eugene has a shtick and he kind of sticks to it. And the first time I heard it, it was hilarious. And then the more I the more I listened to it, I'm like the more. I'm like oh it's not as funny as I was. It's like it was funny the first time. It wasn't the funny the third time. But Tina's he he's so deadpan. He's like Demetri Martin, but on like on a better level almost. Okay, I'm not going to keep bragging on that because we're not what we're talking about. The
0: second episode actually features Weird Al. So I think that's pretty cool. This seems like a really cool original for Audible to do. It feels like a crazy extended podcast. You know, not a long podcast like our podcast, which can never stay under an hour, but a proper extended interview fireside chat with different uh, creators i even see that jim gaffigan is on the first episode and so Kamal- oh a Johnny. whole season yeah yeah
1: so the we're, we're looking at the f- full season uh truth be told i'm not sure if this is the because uh, it's we're, we're looking at one and it says the full season. I'm not sure if you can get that with the Audible trial. Demand if you can. it. Demand it. Dem- I, dem- I am a fan of marriage to the idea. And I demand this, this Audible original. Hold on with Eugene Merman.
0: They spoke it. I must have it. They spoke it.
1: And I want it. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, episode two is the one with Weird Al, which Weird Al is always a fun guest on that kind of stuff, especially like with Mr. Science Series two thousand and everything like that. So, those are our two sponsors for the sponsor dome. We'll see who uh, comes out victorious at the end. So, your
0: sponsor dome, as always, is brought to you by Married to the Idea. You can find us on Facebook at Married to the Idea. You can email us at Marriage to the Idea Reviews at gmail.com. And if you forget any of those or want to check out all of our past seasons, you can check out our website, marriage the com. We are available on SoundCloud and iTunes, and we still have buttons and stickers to give away for lovely reviewers who want to talk about the melodious sounds of our voices, as well as our Patreons. If you want to support us in the monetary sense, you can go to patreon.com slash marriage the idea. You get a ton of exclusive content, like when we watch trailers and just react right then and there, which is a terrible idea, but we do it anyway. Mm. Uh, We also share some behind-the-scenes stuff, and you get the episodes one day in advance so go you
1: woohoo uh, so we really appreciate you guys. Uh, we uh, we gave out a bunch of stickers during Dragon Con and we might hope to do that again. That was a lot of fun. I hope that maybe some of you are new listeners because of Dragon Con. So yes. if you are, be sure to leave a comment down below or in the comment field, wherever that may be applicable.
0: Boy, it's been a while since you've been on a podcast app, hasn't it?
1: Just there's a no, bit.
0: There's no comment button. <laughs> I,
1: I'm thinking, uh, I, I watch so many YouTube videos, so I think, oh, leave a comment down below like and su- subscribe smash that like button. If
0: I also had to edit video, I might shoot myself.
1: No, if we do videos, that's me. Thank you. So, moving back on to UHF, uh
0: why do we think it did so bad with critics? I'm... I posit that now we looked this up. I had an idea and you helped me look it up and bring it to fruition. I honestly think that Weird Al made this movie just a little too late. If he had done this during the height of the parody movie, if he had done this during Airplane, during Hot Shots, during Top Secret, if he had gotten in in the early half of the 1980s with this film, maybe the critics would have been kinder because they wouldn't be suffering from parody fatigue, kind of like how reviewers today are suffering from... Superhero movie fatigue.
1: Right now, I actually Hot Shots came out after this.
0: Well, you know what? I don't hear a lot of people talk about Hot Shots either. To be quite honest,
1: now Hot Shots wasn't. People don't usually consider Hot Shots to be one of the best. Yeah, but it's usually one of the better ones. I would say it's usually top ten. They had the advantage.
0: the people who make Airplane and the people who make, uh, sorry, and Mel Brooks, the people who are known for doing this and this thing only, they have the reputation behind them where they could say, oh, yes, they, from the creators of Airplane, like, oh, okay, I'll try this. I bet it's going to be just as good. Same thing with a Mel Brooks movie. Same thing with the Monty Python movie. But Weird Al does parody songs. That's what he does. So for him to say, I'm going to make a movie that no one else would take on, it has the air of a passion project, and it comes from an outside source that people wouldn't be as easy to say, well, I bet it's good because it came from this person who's done it before time and time again. I
1: I mean, yeah, but who better w- to do a parody movie than someone who's been doing parody songs at that point for probably 15 years?
0: Just because just because he can do parody songs well doesn't mean that he's a storyteller
1: well, you, you make a good point
0: so. no one could do what we're does like he made his name for well, besides peculiar jock but he made his name oh don't you la- don't you give me the eye that is a how i met your mother reference and you it absolutely took me, it knew. took
1: me a second it took deep me
0: a cut Deep it's so hard to be a funny singing comedian You have to be two things really well. You have to sing very well and you have to tell comedy really well, like Bo Burnham, like Weird Al. You have to... Weird Al breathes... He breathes the artist's work when he does it. He doesn't just do a quick cash grab. He's like, the parody lyrics, I'm going to make sure the music video is equal to the effort that they put into it in the first place, that the music is done expertly with real instrumentals and that I sing well... So the humor and the music work together synergistically. So in a m- Synergy. Synergy. In a movie, though, he has to be able to act and tell jokes and write a story. And there were songs in there that were parodies, too. He had to do everything expertly. Of course it was going to not be perfect. The best time, the best gag I got out of him specifically... Was going home to tell his girlfriend that he got fired again. And He looks at her and he just starts smacking his head on the counter. I'm sorry. I'm a wuss. I'm terrible. You should dump me. What's for dinner? And then just like goes over to mashed potatoes. Thanks, babe. Like it was, it's a quick back and forth, and like that was good comedy. That was good physical and good timing. Good comedic timing. I liked it, but everything else felt sort of average. Nothing really like leaped out at me. Like oh, this is a good acting moment
1: here speaking of breaking up i'm getting divorced you're speaking about how <laughs> now
0: i'm sorry this is not i i don't envy his position this must have been an incredibly hard thing to do that's like you know being just a dancer to being a singing dancing actor it's like trying to be gene kelly like that's stupid and unenviable you shouldn't want to try to do that cuz you have to do three things perfectly and it's so hard to do just one thing
1: perfectly. Yeah, and I have to agree. Like There were some moments where that dragged and it was because of the acting, not the directing or the writing. But at the same time, I don't agree that it was all his fault. The story itself was harmless enough and the uh, I felt the writing was solid enough. I felt like there was a lot of like improvised parts. Uh, but... I, I don't know. I feel like there was plenty of moments that like might have felt like they dragged on, but they dragged on for with purpose. But also, that's just the kind of pacing that those kind of movies had. Uh, not Lethal Weapon, but um, Loaded Weapon, the Leslie Nielsen stuff. There are moments that, that did that all the time. When he went into those kind of parody movies, which funnily enough sometimes had weird old songs in them, uh, or Weird Al opening songs, they didn't have
0: a Dr. Demento cameo like this one did though. That
1: was so cool. I didn't know that until the end or until the credits, but that was still cool. It, they just had that kind of weird slow pacing at times. Like I remember more there was jokes.
0: A, like you know the slow moments in Blazing Saddles but they're but they, always funny it's always a mel joke brooks,
1: mel brooks had a better sense of timing than a lot of other people did and i think that's because he was a better comedian than other people and some people may be better writers than mel brooks but he is a better overall comedian and comedians have to know timing so when they do that usually helps along the way and I really feel that they may not have been the best comedians, but they had a decent enough story. I think the this small time uh, TV station that grows in popularity almost overnight. I think that's actually a really cool story. Other people have done things like that, but the way they did this, the way they handled like the you know the wheel of fish and the you know. Stanley's Fun House. I think those were fun ideas, you know? Yeah. Oh, you want a drink for the fire hose? Here you go, kid! Like, And those it are... did
0: give me Conan the Librarian, and for that I will always be grateful.
1: Conan the Librarian!
0: That's the exact thing I need in my life. All right. Aaron, we always end this thing with a question. We always end this thing with a question. What is the question for UHF today?
1: Well, it, it's less of a question for UHF because... It, I don't know much. I would have changed what would what, what I would have changed. Um, maybe besides cutting down the Rambo parody a little bit, and uh, maybe putting a uh, a third big movie parody in the middle.
0: Getting rid of his friend, who he was constantly failing but also supporting it, it was weird and floppy, and it didn't add to the story.
1: Or like have his friend have more of a character, because his f- friend was more milk toast than he was at times. So and his friend tried to add things but just never really added anything.
0: Give his girlfriend more agency than I'm breaking up with you because you imagine too much. I'm getting back together with you because you imagine too much.
1: <laughs> and her the writing for her was not the
0: best. Oh it's guys like it was sad.
1: Yeah, like I don't have the girlfriend like maybe he meets her at the station.
0: Like she has this really soft voice. Like what if she was uh she was always telling crazy, completely inappropriate raunchy things but always in that soft really quiet voice sort of sort of a Karen and sort then of I thing took
1: him from behind and uh...
0: <laughs> I don't know maybe not that but just something subversive about her as opposed to just the supportive girlfriend
1: and see and there's like lots of movies that aren't afraid to do that maybe so she wanted a... to
0: be a news reporter maybe his girlfriend was Fran Drescher and she wanted to do the news and I don't know or
1: Fran Drescher wanted to be uh host the, t- the the television show or something like that you know there's or like the the very obvious uh, Her- uh, Geraldo Riviera uh, talk show. Because the, the Oh my the gosh, secrets, that was great. The secrets of Al Capone's glove box roadmaps.
0: He exposes Satanism. And like the Ku Klux Klan is fighting Freddy Krueger. And like, and then there's
1: a little girl in his skull curl outfit biting their ankles.
0: and that, that was great. I loved that. Again, like it was these quick 30 second snippets. But. Then what is the question? If it's not for UHF, what is the question?
1: Uh, The question is, because we did hit yet, uh, yet a second parody fatigue... Since we had a second one, because we, we had a resurgence of parodies with Scary Movie.
0: Which was good. I mean, it played its tropes well. It knew it was a love letter. Yeah. I kind of feel like Cabin in the Woods is a bit parody. It's not funny parody, but it's...
1: It's similar to Scream. It's, yes. It's it's a parody without being overly funny, without being, without lampooning. Oh,
0: sorry. I was thinking of Scream, not Scary Movie. Whatever. Scary Movie, whatever.
1: But, well, I, I am talking <laughs> about Scary Movie, because sorry. Scary Movie started this, this uh, uh, mid... 2000s trend of these these kind of quicker parodies versus these real steeped in the mythos parodies yeah um and then we got some really really terrible ones disaster movie meet
0: the spartans meet this
1: oh god meet the spartans was terrible
0: vampires bite vampires suck. suck
1: vampires suck Vampires sucked was terrible too uh, we did get one that I thought wasn't too bad, though a lot of people don't like it. I thought it, and especially with the tropes nowadays, it wasn't terrible. The superhero movie, I we might need to watch that, especially because we're in the heyday of superhero movies. We might need to check that out, especially because Drake Bell is the main character.
0: Oh yeah, 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 because it's like a kick-ass parody.
1: Uh, and it's a Spider-Man parody. A Spider-Man parody. Yeah.
0: His suit looks like kick-ass.
1: Yeah. But it's it, there's some there's some funny there's some really
0: if they don't find a sky beam they're not doing a parody right
1: find a oh I don't think so see okay so there's my there's my question if we were to do yet a third resurgence of parody movies bring yet another renaissance of parodies what genre needs to be parodied nowadays because your your obvious target is superheroes. Mm-hmm. Which I would, you would need to have the right writing to do it.
0: That's not what I'm interested in doing,
1: though. But but the thing is, is superheroes are they always? Is that your stuff. choice then? No, I'm no, I'm saying because what I'm saying is it may not be the best choice because you're already poking fun at yourself. You're already self self-real, almost self realized.
0: Paul Rudd says we should call the Avengers, and they have to then come up with an in- universe reason to not call the Avengers.
1: Exactly. So that's why it's kind of like. Speaking okay, of so which, no. this is
0: a complete tangent, but they are laying out phase four, right? And they have all these movies lined up. We aren't going to get a continuation of the what's going on in the arc of the world today, continued from Spider-Man Far From Home, until we get uh, the Ten Rings. And that's not for another two years. So all the movies before then are all prequels or origin stories for characters we haven't met yet. There isn't any Avengers movies on the slot. There is no tent pole to tie everyone together. It's a it's a scary path to take, guys, cuz we went off into space and there is n- there's no way to go back from that. There's now a billion alien races all inhabiting the Earth and it's a crazy weird time to be in all this, but I'm really looking forward to Thor. I really want Jane Foster to be like the one who brings everyone together again i really want her to like assemble an avengers of iron heart and i really i want a brand new team i need someone needs to tentpole someone needs to take rdj's place and i don't think it's going to be his daughter it was supposed to be spider-man we don't get spider-man no more so we gotta find somebody
1: i i I hate to say this but um they've the director of love uh love and thunder tequila td has already said that yeah, Chris Hemsworth is still supposed to be the focus of the next one. That's Thor. what I'm saying.
0: Like, they they want to let go, but they can't. They, yeah. they should, but they won't.
1: Like, I want him <laughs> to be... Like, like how in Thor Ragnarok, he was the main focus, but other, these other characters were still... Like, Hulk and Valkyrie were still kind of... Like, switch it. Have her be the main focus and him be one of these secondary focuses. You did a good job you can do it just have crispy the secondary focus so because he's already going to be in the uh, as guardians of the galaxy or you know guardians of the galaxy 3 so just let him switch so i'm just yeah no i don't think superheroes because they're already kind of a parody of themselves in a way but they take themselves serious enough that we can take them serious i think there there's there is a movie genre genre out there that might be ripe for a parody because like johnny jane dangerously was all about the gangster movies uh you know this one was about tv stations and you know tv and movies just in general uh top secret was about spy movies you know maybe we could do uh like the ki- cutesy kids movies like you could do a parody on that and just do an overall parody which you could almost i think say, that's a
0: dreamworks movie yeah
1: <laughs> I was going to say, you could almost say that the Happy Time Murders was kind of a parody in a way of like Sesame Street.
0: I think I want to see something more akin to parody of historical fiction. I want drunk history. I want us to go back to the time of the Egyptians and do like a real serious historical drama piece about women of that time, except it's a parody the entire time of like, why are we worshiping a giant giant? dog-headed god uh is the sun really gonna kill us if we stare at it They've what now no and they're like let's hire people to build the pyramids because that's actually what they did they actually hired people to pay them to build the pyramids so
1: they already did this movie
0: okay um that's it's called
1: just year One. The,
0: oh, not that one no 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 no, no. that's not a, that's just a comedy set in historical fiction that's not a parody i want a parody i want like Technically drunk history already does this. They do tons of parody vignettes. Um, there was uh oh gosh, was it Roosevelt who had a stroke or was it Eisenhower? A president had a stroke and he was And then
1: his wife kinda took over. Yes. And, and they do this Roosevelt. Actually. Exactly. And they
0: do this great parody of it, um, I think even um John Oliver did it, where it's just played by a dummy sitting in bed. The president's just played by this lifeless mannequin, but everyone still treats him like he's still alive. (laughs) But again, like that's parody, because she's running the whole thing, but it's like, look, he's fine. I see he is. All right, Madam President. Like, yeah, I want something like that. I want a historical fiction parody of some important story that hasn't been told before, ideally about a woman, so she gets to be the focus of the piece, and then just the the nonsense of the world around her as she does this thing and it and it can be funny and i'm it's not i don't want it to be like oh she can't have fun be funny of course she said it it's a parody she should be silly and goofy and have some fun with it but that's what i'm like picturing in my head right now starring
1: anna ferris oh
0: yes anna ferris or um the girl from parks and rec who plays at uh, uh the the really goth chick the I know, I'm feeling really bad right now because I I just, I love her deadpan delivery. I think she would be a perfect Leslie Nielsen archetype. I think uh, she'd be really, really great at that.
1: And see, I would uh, argue that you kind of need to go a different direction at this point. Um, Aubrey Plaza, by the way. Thank you,
0: Aubrey Plaza. Or, um, yes, or the one that Vanessa Hudgens did is Joan of Arc. I think a Joan of Arc parody movie would be so legit. (laughs) i would be as <laughs> I'm saying. Like, like you can just think about it. Like, there's a bunch of jokes, like dark age, you know, Monty Python sort of jokes in there. But there's also like, I'm just gonna lead this army, or whatever. See, I
1: can see the the problem I see is there's there, there might be too much studio influence. Like, there's got to be selfie jokes and there's got to be uh, uh emoji jokes and there's got to be this and then that and it's like it becomes an emoji movie or something like that. Yeah. So when if it gets handled, if it were to get handled correctly, then yeah, it could work out really well. See, I mean,
0: I, they're doing it with Jojo the Rabbit.
1: Like oh, Jojo Rabbit?
0: Jojo Rabbit, they're doing it.
1: Yeah, when when you have a proper filmmaker... Visionary. Proper visionary <laughs> handling it correctly, then yeah.
0: Because otherwise that could have burned so bad, guys. Like, this was a terrifying movie to undertake.
1: <sighs> yeah, uh, Nazi Youth? Holy shit. Yeah, like, no! That is a sensitive subject.
0: I do love his interview. They're like, so you chose not to like really practice a German accent. Why is that? He's like... Hitler doesn't res- deserve my respect of, a, of an authentic German accent. I'll t- play him wherever I want to play him. And that was what Mel Brooks always said, that the best way to get rid of Hitler's prestige and power was to make fun of him.
1: There was, uh, I remember my uh, theater teacher back in high school told me uh, there is a play where you they seriously do Hitler. Like, they don't it's not a parody. It's not like Springtime for Hitler or anything like that. Springtime for Hitler and Germany. Uh sorry, I always have to do that. <laughs> I wanna say there there's that that infamous meme where it's Hitler reacts to yes. Blah. I wanna say it's similar to that.
0: So it just takes it it's just a historical drama piece. Yeah,
1: exactly. But it there there is a very weighty role of Someone playing Adolf Hitler. Yeah. Um, and he's he talked about how it doesn't matter who you are sometimes as a person, if you're right for the role, you're right for the role. And the they had a Broadway production or off-Broadway production of this play, and the person they picked for Hitler was a gay Hispanic man.
0: Fabulous. Great, <laughs> and
1: apparently, like like when he was in the role for Hitler, he played it like just absolutely perfect. But when he stepped out of the role, he would be flamboyant.
0: <laughs> Wasn't there a character who just did uh, the Grand Dragon Pumbaa or whatever of the KKK? Duke something or other and it was like a really prolific actor who like you know got into the headspace of it so there's two ways to go about it you can either really try your hardest to make sure there's realistic well, there's possible two, there's
1: two main uh, forms of acting method acting and uh, oh fuck <laughs> of course I can't remember it's method acting and another form of acting and of course I can't remember them both
0: just acting
1: <laughs> it,
0: madness acting
1: no stop basically it's you can kind of turn it on and off Uh, like you just, you do it, um, and I don't, I forget which one is which, but method acting is usually the one, the Daniel Day-Lewis, the, uh, the chick from Castle where she follows, uh, Castle and Beckett the, the, for the entire episode. Yeah. And gets into the headspace. So Yeah.
0: Jared Leto.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Jared Leto. There's, there's, there's two different schools of thought for both of the acting types and, there's really not a right answer or a wrong answer, just what what you prefer. There's people who do it well too. I mean, there's people who like for Saving Private Ryan, the 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 people went into like an army boot camp together until like the last week of it. Then they sent uh, Matt Damon in, so there was kind of like a, a bit of a this guy didn't have to come in until the very end. So there's already kind of a, a bit of an animosity towards him. I said that wrong, but I don't care at this point. So. My thing would be, if we were to do a genre that needs to be parodied, I would do social media as a whole. And I don't just mean Instagram. I don't just mean Facebook. I mean as a freaking whole. They tried to do it with the Emoji movie, and of course it fell flat on its face because it's a god-awful movie. But it would be kind of interesting to show a parody of... This kind of like how they did this 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 movie like the stefford wife stefford wives meets black mirror but kind of do do that where it's like a serious lampooning of it like hey here's social media hey here's how it can affect people like this new movie this new movie the 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 the, the one of the paul brothers is doing is kind of lampooning it because at one point because it's called airplane mode and uh the air the pilots die, and then one guy goes, oh my god, the pilots are dead! And then the other guy goes, oh my god! And then takes a selfie with them. Like, they're kind of trying to do it, I think it's too
0: fresh. Like, there was... I just heard this story the other day, and it's gonna make me sad, and I'm gonna try and get through as quickly as possible, but there was a kid who got stabbed by another kid as 50 kids stood around filming it with their cell phones like yeah. it's you can't parody that's like making a trump parody it, it can't be parodied it's already uh, yeah, at that's, stupid but levels people have
1: that's the problem. Is people have and they don't the do well no because it's because the thing is well the problem with the trump parodies is he's done worse than the parody so far but I, I see what you're saying. So I I, I kind of get that. So maybe, maybe in a
0: couple of years like yeah. I could see us looking back with the hindsight of here's what happened, here's how we could. But unless technology slows down, I don't think there's ever going to be a point where we're allowed to look back and say, "Oh boy, we're always going to be in the midst of it." I think we're always going to have poor young kids who are who who take likes as self-esteem and don't know how to develop their own sense of self-worth and and always only see accomplishments of others and never see the true realness.
1: Well, and I'm, I'm hoping to do this movie as a um, an episode later on, uh, and we might be able to do it in uh, Feminism Corner. That's truly up to you. Um, Josie and the Pussycats was meant to be a, not necessarily a parody, but kind of lampooning commercialism and um, overexposure and stuff like that, and nobody freaking got it. The true
0: problem of the parody is if you do it so well people think you're just actually doing it video <laughs> games have that problem a lot you try to be like overly flum, uh, bombastic and on the one hand you have your saint's row that does it really well but on the other hand you have
1: like gears of wars yeah like where that. it's
0: like oh it's a parody no it's oh, not gears
1: of war i wouldn't call it a parody well they, they duke, could say duke, uh duke Duke Nukem is almost a parody, but it's almost done too much. Like saying, we're
0: deep, we have real important meanings. Like, no, No. you just fell into the same trap of everything else. You didn't say anything about it, you just did it (laughs) without saying anything. I think that I like the idea that you're suggesting. I think it's worthwhile to look at, but I think it's going to be dated the very instant that it comes out. Like uh, yeah, like coming but, out before fidget spinners come out and you're like, Where were all the fidget spinners?
1: So yeah, that's and that's that's a question too, is is maybe you could like you be not Judge Dredd but the other one, uh, Demolition Man. You could be so steeped in the time that it's so dated that it's timeless. You can try it that way.
0: Yeah, and that had a, that took thirty years to take relevance because nowadays it makes even more sense than it did back then.
1: Yeah. Now you could go a different route and you could do like a parody of making movies kind of like how like yeah i was seeing like maybe how singing in the rain was a look at making movies in the 50s you could take a look at making a movie in the um the you know late 2020 or late 2010s you take a look at that like how you know everyone's on their phones and that's how everyone instantly communicates you'd be like you like you have a guy like going in for an interview or something like that and goes like how they I was like, Well, thank you for your time, and immediately, like, not even out of the office is like, I, I, So, I guess you didn't like me. Yeah, you're just not a good fit for the role. You do something like that, and like how then he gets thrown onto a movie lot or something. You do something like that where it's lampooning maybe filmmaking or something like that. We I did, don't
0: know. No, it's okay. We did talk about uh, Matt Groening at the beginning of this, so it only makes sense we talk about it near the end because I never really liked The Simpsons and disenchantment leaves much to be desired so we'll see if the second season kind of redeems it but in the middle of well, that the was second
1: part of the first season
0: in the middle of that was futurama which so perfectly encapsulates the idea of sci-fi futuristic merged with our own reality and time it doesn't get aged you can watch it now you can watch it 10 years ago it never feels stale because the ideas were steeped in the idea. He, they did tons of research about what could happen in the future and what technology would be available to make it feel realistic as opposed to just everything's dehydrated, like back to the future. Back to the future's future always feels instantly dated to me instead because
1: of... the 80s future. But he, there are some ideas that feel a little dated, but it's a hell of a lot different than one or two small ideas in a, in a whole series versus... A couple ideas in in a one movie mm-hmm. so i really i i see what you're saying with that and it's it, it's hard to it's hard to pick it like a specific genre because even like when they did vampire suck it was because twilight was still kind of big at that point so besides superheroes there's not much else that's big at this point or light bulb You make a parody about indie movies.
0: I was just thinking about that. I was just thinking about how you would parody an indie movie because indie movies have such a unique and distinct style. Now, you run the very real risk. Of it just becoming an indie movie, <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. All parody movies have if that it's risk. Too, but...
0: If it's too, too, like if you tried to do a Tim Burton parody movie, it would just be a Tim Burton movie. So uh, yeah,
1: in a sense,
0: you have to be very careful with that line. But I like. I like this idea, and if it, could, if it could take the time to turn every trope on its head, if it turns every manic pixie dream girl into a fully fleshed out character with motivation and ideas, that would be swell, so it's not a 500 days of summer sort of scenario. <laughs> the Modern sensibility parodies, over an indie movie.
1: The best parodies are steeped to the correct amount in the original source material, but not afraid to go that extra mile. Like, Holmes and Watson isn't a parody, but also they, like, they didn't go enough in some areas i haven't watched the movie i've heard it's terrible so just in that kind of sense like there are there are some parody movies out there that don't do it enough they don't they're like they don't know when to go that extra mile that extra step so that's kind of one of those weird things you kind of go where's that line you have to draw and there and it's not so much a line it's a sweet spot you have to steep it enough so like young frankenstein it wasn't it almost felt like it still took place in the seventies or the eighties, but it just happened to go back to like the night the 1800s, uh, Transylvania, Roman or Romania or something like that. But it's like it's in like America and Europe or something like that. It's the eighties. So it's like, what, what's going on? So it was, it felt kind of weird. It, 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 wasn't that way, but it kind of felt that way. So, yeah, I feel, yeah. So you had to find that sweet spot with indie movies. And I feel like, with the way indie movies have been recently, you don't do want to do like a Jojo Rabbit, but you can do like uh, Room or um, – uh, what's another one? That uh, was a big one? Uh, or l- like La La Land or um, know- Lights or something like
0: that. Yeah, if you didn't know the story of The Room, you would think that the making of The Room movie was a parody. Like –
1: oh god yeah like you could even have uh at one point you could get an oscar winning actor like someone who you know is going to win or be nominated for an ask oscar in this and you could have them come out and give a, an actual good performance like michael i can't believe you stole this money i you've betrayed me you've betrayed my heart and then like the scene like obviously like like that's the end of the scene and then the actor turns around and and then there's, there's someone like oh here you go here's your oscar <laughs> and like you could like do it like threes and like here's all oh, like oh here's your emmy or like here's your um people's and choice awarding like,
0: you just continuously turn back and that is the original song like and they get
1: the whatever the spew or whatever it is and like and then like they're like waiting for the last one like well where's the last one oh you're only nominated sorry it's like a PA with like the the headset on or something like that. So you could so you could almost mix the two ideas that I had, like making an indie movie and doing an indie movie. So you could break the fourth wall at times, or like, oh, here's your here's your Oscar, yeah, like and here's your. Like People's Deadpool breaks like the that. fourth wall
0: a ton of times. Maybe the main character is talking or looking straight at the screen. Then you turn around and he's looking at the film crew, and they're like, "What's he staring at?" And you look back at him, and he's actually looking at something else there's, in there's, his like head. A, there's like
1: a pizza or something out there, like.
0: Yeah, there, he's he's talking this more. Or like there's like
1: some like there's like like he looks like kind of just off screen, and he's got a real kind of hopeful face, and there's a big steaming pizza, and then he looks back and he's just hurt. And one of the PAs is eating his pizza. <laughs> See, there's, I, there's, that's a fairly rich vein, I would say. So, filmmakers, get on it. As you listen to our uh, little <laughs> podcast, so. Uh, but for the rest of the listeners, we thank you so much for st- sticking through. And uh, again, thanks to our sponsors, Audible and our Challenger uh, Central Cinema. And uh, if you want to find us again.
0: Married to the Idea. Just Google it. You'll find us. We have a fun little logo. It's super cute. Just find us. You'll find
1: it. Yeah, will be
0: fine. Next time you hear us, it'll be October. And you know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> but until then.
1: She's been Elizabeth. she has
0: been Aaron. And, and we're married, married to the Idea. idea.